welcome to the show, guys. I um, if you hear some crazy background, <laughs> if you hear some crazy background noise, this is because I'm in my truck recording. Um, I actually just got a new microphone set up too, so hopefully the audio is a little bit better. Um, I, I just wish I could get the background noise out. Uh, but part of the reason I'm in my truck and I'm not waiting to do this to where I have a little bit more controlled environment is because, man, I just couldn't get this, uh, today's topic off my mind. And I just, I just wanted to share it with everybody and, um, just, yeah, get it out there. Um, so first of all, let me just say thank you for listening. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty encouraged at, um, just how many people I see listening to this and it's really not a whole lot, but, uh, I think, you know, I'm getting like 50 people listen to this, to every episode I put out. So, Hey, uh, or maybe, maybe 20 people listen to it twice. I don't know, but thank you guys so much for listening. And I, and I hope you'll continue to, uh, listen and I hope this brings some kind of value to you and encourages you in your own walk with Christ. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm, that's why I'm doing this for, um, and part of me getting this new microphone, uh, and this new setup means that I'm going to be able to have guests now. I'm going to be able to record some Skype conversations with people and, and, and be able to bring uh, somebody else's voice other than my own um, to your ears. So uh, I'm very excited about that. And if you, you know, if you are interested in being on the show, hey, shoot me an email and um, yeah, let's talk about it because uh, I definitely want to, uh, to bring a lot of people on the show and bring, I think it brings a lot more value and a lot more dynamic to it. Um, Anyways, so today's episode, um, man, I'm just, it's been on my heart for last month. And I think in the last episode, uh, kind of talked about it a little bit about just how I've just surrendered to this calling that God has put in my heart. Um, and to actually step out and trust in him as Lord over my life and not just savior. And, this last month, man, he has been just doing a work in my heart and in my family's life. And man, it's, it's just spurred a lot of good conversations with my wife and with my kids. Um, and just, it's been so encouraging and such a time of growth for me personally. And it's, it's been difficult, um, because there's been some tough conversations. My, my, my wife and I both, um, have came from a place of just really depending on, on me and depending on you know me being able to provide for our family and just in my own work and the things that I do, and now that we're interesting or entering into this season of life, um, that's going to be a very long season of life uh, because I intend to do it the rest of my life, um, where we're going to have to be support raising. You know, we're entering into full time mission work, um, and that's going to be support raising and trusting that God is preparing the hearts of people to provide for my ministry and for my family's needs. Um, that's a big step and it's a scary step and it's something that's challenged both her and I. Um, but it's also spurred a lot of good conversations, I believe to where we can look at what the Lord promises for those that he has set aside to serve him and to see where he faithfully provides for them over and over and over again. So we are very excited about it, but we're also very nervous and, and very scared, but it's a good, it's a good time because Growth doesn't come from comfort; it comes from uncomfort. And so we're definitely both uncomfortable, but we're trusting God, and we know that He's got a good plan, and we know 
and we faithfully expect um, to see him fulfill his promises. Um, but man, my heart here today, especially, um, I was reading an outside magazine today. Um, one of the pastors at my church, uh, Andy, uh, surprised me with a gift yesterday of a subscription. He, he just let me know yesterday. He was like, hey, I subscribed you to Outside Magazine. And I got home later and I had Outside Magazine in the mail. So thank you, Andy. I appreciate it. I don't even know if you listen to this, but thank you so much. Um, because I was reading this article in there of this guy, this journalist. He went over and, um, to, what is it, Kurdis- Kurdistan, I think? I'm probably wrong on that. But, um yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, just talking about how they're this part of uh, Iraq that was separated from Iraq and they're fighting against each other. And um, they're really trying to build up this outdoor tourism. And but they can't because there's still civil war within the country and just all this stuff. And just like seeing the pictures and seeing the hurt and see of the of the people there that just, man, they, you know, it's a Muslim country. And just to, to see them without the the hope of the gospel, um, and to putting their 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 hope in these these things that aren't going to bring any kind of fulfillment to their lives, um, is just man, it's just this burden on my heart to for the missions aspect of what I'm entering into. Um, but I also see that within our own culture, within our own Western church culture, really, um, there's there's such a, a, a I don't even know if I can say that word, pharisaical um, tendency, I think, in our churches to where we show up on Sundays, we put some money in the offering plate, and we think that our duty of following Christ is done. Like That's just the culture that has been imposed on us and um, not really allowing us to see the true meaning of what it looks like to follow Christ. And so I was just reading and, and, and scripture and I was reading this with my kids the other day, um, as I was explaining to them, you know, Hey, this is, this is what Jesus is asking us to do as a family. And here's, you know, this is what I want us to do as a family that we're going to, you know, lay our lives down for him, um, for the rest of our lives. And so, uh, in John 12, uh, Jesus is, is explaining, um, something to his disciples. And he, he tells him this, he says, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. I was just reading that and it's like, you know, so very much of our lives, we want to control and we want to, you know, we don't want to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. We don't want to give away, you know, our, the control over our lives, especially to some, somebody we don't see. Right. And so we hold on to that. We tend to hold on and, and our seed just, you know, sits on the table and, or sits on the ground. If we don't bury it, it just sits there and it doesn't do anything. But man, just because we show up and um, just because we're showing up to church every week or whatever and checking those boxes that we did that and we're not doing anything, we actually have to die to ourselves, 
in order to follow Christ. I mean, total and willful abandon of everything that this world has to offer to us is what is asked of us and what is required of us. That is the le- that is the example that Jesus gave us from the very beginning is when he came into this, when he, when he put on flesh, John 1 says that the word was with God in the beginning. The word was God. The word put on flesh and made his dwelling among us through Jesus. And by doing that, for the, for the first 30 years of Jesus' life, we don't know really what he did. In Luke chapter 2, we know that you know he, he went to the temple after he was born. He, he grew and he went to the temple and he was there for three days and his parents lost him there. And then they went back and they said, where have you been? He's like, well, I've been in my father's house. Where else would I be? And, and the last we hear about Jesus until his public ministry starts is that and he grew in wisdom and in stature and gained favor of God and people. And that's the last we hear until John the Baptist comes preparing the way in the wilderness. But he grew in favor. And that was his preparation. For 30 years, he he was gaining the right to be able to speak what his father had sent him to speak. And, I mean, he, he was dying to himself. He was completely laying down his life. And especially when his ministry started and his disciples... And he's just giving himself away, giving himself away, giving himself away. He he came to serve and not to be served, right? This this example that he continues to put uh, in the disciples' um, faces. It's just like, this is not, I'm not coming to take over and, and be the king of this city that you want. My kingdom is not of this world. You know, he has such a greater perspective and such a greater vision than just the here and now. And really, most of the times, that's really... A, all we see is the here and now. And we don't step back to say, okay, Jesus, you have been from the very beginning, you have a plan and your plan is fulfilling itself as we speak. But what does our part look in that? What must I do to play a part in that plan? And the answer is that we have to die to ourselves because if we don't die, then we can't produce fruit. If we hold on to that intact seed because, you know, it's going to hurt when that seed busts open. It's going to hurt to, you know, to uh, give away ourselves to people and give away our lives to people. That's going to, it's going to, you're going to have painful relationships because this world is broken. But when, when we build our relationships on the gospel and on the hope of Jesus, And there is life in that. And total abandonment of our lives and death to ourselves and picking up our cross to follow Christ, nothing less will do in his eyes. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about what that looks like as far as our church culture. Um, And I'm not, and don't, and, and, and I don't want people to misconstrue my words and think that you know, I'm down on the church or I'm, I'm no, like I, I love the local church so much and it has played such an integral part of my shaping my faith. And, um, and it continue and it does that for everybody. It should do that for everybody. Some, a lot, a lot of people, it doesn't though, because it's just a ritualistic thing that they do because they think that that's all that there is expected of them is, Oh yeah, I go to church. Oh, great. You know, especially here in the South, you know, some of the first things that people ask is, oh, hey, what church do you go to? Oh, I go to so-and-so Baptist over here. 
oh, it's great, man. And then just because you attend a church, we proceed that you are saved. Or we, we think that you are saved and following Jesus when that's, we know that's not true. There's a lot of people in church that go to church every Sunday that are not following Jesus and don't know Jesus even. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, even Jesus is, is saying to the, he, talking about this. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And that's the part that has been just, man, hurting my heart and burdening my heart because so many people around me, people that you and I both know and love that we see in church, don't know Jesus. And what are we doing about it? Some of us say, well, that's not my place. It's not my business. It is your place. It is your business. If you love Jesus, it is your job and your duty to go to those people and say, man, I love you so much. And because I love you, I want to be able to point you to this truth. Showing up on Sundays, putting money in the offering plate, checking that off of our list does not mean that we are following Jesus. And to go even further in, in Revelation, you know, we're going through this in our church right now through the um, first couple books of Revelation and to the churches where Jesus writes these letters uh, and he's writing to this letter to the church in Sardis about this very thing. And he says, I know your deeds. He says, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. This is something Jesus has been warning us about for a long time is that so many of our churches and so many people that we see and so many of us have fallen into this trap where we go and we, we're like, yeah, we go to church, but we don't know Jesus. We're not seeking him through his word. We're not seeking him and spending time praying to him and asking. He says, ask and the door will be open for you. Ask and you, know, I, you shall receive. And that is where my heart hurts is for those people that in, in my community and in, in, and around the world, you know, that don't know Jesus. Some people just flat out don't know about Jesus, have never heard about Jesus. And some people have heard about him and think they're following him, but they have no idea. And those people, those lost people of this world are where my heart, man, it just, my heart burns to reveal that, to this life-changing truth to them. You know, I was one of those people. I went to church, I tithed, I served, but it was more of this, like this, what was expected of me, you know, because I, and that's, I thought I was saved. You know, my story, I, I, I got saved at a young age and I truly, and I truly believe that I, I gained salvation when, at a young age because I did. I felt convicted. I felt the Holy Spirit. I still remember like in the church pew just feeling this strange feeling that I just needed Jesus. 
and you know went up there and and told and repented of my sins and talked with the pastor and like I, I was saved but because I wasn't receiving a model of okay now that you are saved yeah that's great Jesus is your savior but I was never said he's also your lord and that's where discipleship happens right and in our churches we don't have that anymore um majority of them I would say uh, and if we do it's some kind of a uh, it's a more of a program programmatic approach of okay yeah we do discipleship come for you know 8 weeks we do this class and you're a disciple but Jesus didn't do that. Jesus was, before Jesus even gave any kind of um, duty or any kind of um, work for his disciples to do, he just, hey, follow me. It was relational. That was the foundation upon which he trained his disciples was relationship. And man, that's where my my heart, oh my goodness, like, it truly aches because every moment that I'm not able to step out and begin doing this, man, like it's just my heart aches because I'm not walking in what God created me to do now. And, and I say that, that I'm not able to do this. Like I'm doing this with people, but man, like God has called me to this full time, full time. And some, some people he calls the full time ministry. Some people he calls to be, disciple makers in the marketplace or in schools or like, or whatever job it is that God has gifted you with and given you the talent to do, you need to do that. So in a sense, we all are, should be ministering full time, but God has called me to that vocationally for the rest of my life. That is what he wants me to do, to share this with people, to share it with leaders, to share it with, you know, in my community and around the world. You know, and, and it is life-changing news. That's the gospel in its essence. You know, even in the like in the very beginning. So last night, and a lot of the last couple of days, I've been um, talking with my my two boys and trying to be more intentional in how I disciple them. Um, we've just been going through creation and the story of creation. And you know, it says in the beginning. This is Genesis one. In the beginning, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You see, in the beginning, the first three days, God does three different things. Really, he day one, he creates light where there was darkness. Day two, he create he creates the ocean and the um the ocean and the sky. He separates the vault. And day three, he lets all the earth gather to one place. And trees and grass grow on it, right? And so a friend of mine told me he taught his kids this way. It's he, to remember light blue, green. And that's what I taught my kids, and it works. So thank you, Wonka, for that little um, that little nugget of wisdom. And you actually just texted me. I don't know if you guys can hear that little ding, but sorry, I should have muted that. Um, so thank you, Wonka, oh, for that. <laughs> um but God does these three things in the beginning. He, he, he sees that there's darkness. There was no form and it was empty. And so he, 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 he addresses that issue. God gives light to the darkness and he, he brings shape to the formless and fullness to that which is empty. 
And is that not the same thing that Jesus did on the cross? That throughout all of history, God gave commandments and he gave the law. There were actually 613 commandments of the law that Israel and Moses and all the, the Jewish people had to follow. 613. I mean, like, that's pretty crazy. I mean, in the beginning, there was one, there was one rule. Don't eat the fruit on this tree. Oh, man, we messed that up. So he didn't say, you know what, let me dial it back and just, there's no rules. He said, okay, there's, there's some rules now. There's, uh, I'm going to give you guys 10 commandments. Okay, great. 10 commandments. Awesome. Well, no, we still couldn't follow those either. So what then happens? Laws, laws, more laws that could produce righteousness in us. And 613. Oh my goodness. Praise Jesus for coming and doing what he did because I would absolutely no nobody could fulfill 613 commandments nobody and when that one guy came to Jesus and said hey Jesus what must I do to inherit eternal life and he said well you you know this you know honor your mother and father don't lie don't murder and he says oh I've done all those and he says okay um you know well which are the Two most important. Okay, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hangs on that. Man, hmm, that sounds sounds pretty easy, right? To love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. But if we are unwilling to die to ourself, to follow Jesus and to follow God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if we don't love our neighbor, we don't provide for them, we don't meet their needs, we don't care for them with this love that we receive from Jesus, then we're doing nothing. Paul even talks about that. You know, we've, we've not done anything. If we don't love, if we don't have love, we have nothing. So how do we love? And I think I might have spoke about this on here before. It's a John 15 kind of love. Jesus says in John 15, greater love has no one than this than for a man to lay down his life for his friends. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. We use this Memorial Day, you know, to speak of veterans that have paid the ultimate sacrifice. And I don't want to downplay that at all because I'm thankful that they do that so that I can live in a free country where I'm free to sp sit here and talk to you guys about my faith in Jesus. But it's not just death that is required in that sense. It is every day choosing to wake up and serve those around us that God has given us to lead. To serve them in a way that points them to the foot of the cross, that points them to the hope and the joy that we receive from Christ. Jesus came and died so that we may have a relationship with him. And so that we may have life and have life abundantly. You know, he came so that our joy may, that his joy may be in us and that our joy may be complete. That's in John 10 and John 15. And that is life-changing news. Life-changing news that I'm willing to die for. And I hope that you would be too, especially after hearing this. You know, it's, it's, we read it and we can read it and just never, it can never jump out at us like that. But man, I hope that, I hope that you're encouraged to at least 
really sit down and say, Jesus, am I willing to die for you? Am I willing to die for this news, to die to myself, to give my whole life to you, everything, finances, my house, my home, my cars, my kids, my wife, like, am I willing to give everything to you and trust in your goodness and your faithfulness? Man, I hope so. Man, I hope so. So guys, that was my little impromptu talk for the day. And I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've, um, I hope that, that the Holy Spirit is um, doing something in your heart right now, that he's shaping you, that he's convicting you in areas that, that you might need to give away, in areas that you might need to die to yourself. You know, whatever it is of this world that you're holding on to, I promise that when you give it up, man, it is so much more valuable. Your life is so much more valuable. And so much more joyous and full because, I mean, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He saw the brokenness and he saw that we are not, he saw the darkness in us. He saw that we were empty. He saw that, you know, there was nothing that we could do to get to God. Man. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And I hope you guys thank him too. You know, we are we were formless. We had no shape. We were empty and living in darkness. And because of Jesus walking a perfect, sinless life, stepped into the void for us to bring us form, to bring us fullness, and to bring us light. And man, I am willing to die for that. And I hope you are too. So guys, I hope you have a great day great rest of your day today. Um, and if you would, please leave me comments and share this with somebody that you think needs to hear it. Um, you know, this is, this is something that I'm passionate about. And I hope that if this message has, uh, brought any kind of joy to you or any kind of encouragement that you would share it with somebody. Um, it's pretty easy to share. Just copy the link. Boom. You've done it. Um, and it helps me. Um, you know, you've probably heard the ad on here. So those ads, just by listening to those ads, it pays me. It doesn't pay me very much. I think I have eight cents in my ad account right now. But hey, it's eight cents that I didn't have before. So I, I surely and sincerely appreciate you guys listening. Um, and I hope you'll continue to listen. So drop me some comments. Drop me some uh, emails or questions. And if you'd like to be on the show, hey, email me and let's talk about it. So guys, thanks for listening. And I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day today. You're listening to One Man in His Wilderness podcast. On the show, we hope to not only give you a better understanding of how wilderness adventure shapes our belief and trust in Christ, but how it draws us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Him. On the show, you'll hear from leaders who are utilizing wilderness adventure to make disciples of young people around the world. So sit back and enjoy the perspective of One Man in His Wilderness.
Thanks for listening to today's show, everybody. There's three things you can do if you enjoy the show. Number one, subscribe. We don't want you to miss any shows that we put out, and that's the easiest way to do so. Number two, leave us a review on the podcasting platform in which you're listening to this on. just helps give us some feedback as to what you like about the show and helps others as well. And the third thing, share, because you never know who needs to hear the perspective of one man in his wilderness. <laughs>